0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All
1: right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the twenty-three personnel podcast, I'm your host Spencer, joined by hand dancer Michael.
2: Hello, everybody. I'm not actually. Uh, oh, did I did I come in a little strong? Yeah, a little hot. Oh, coming in hot. Watch your ears, everybody. No, actually, what I'm doing was it's too late. This is this is what my daughter likes to do. She likes to make pretend snowballs and then throw them at people. Solid
1: dance move.
2: <laughs> so it is kind of a yeah. It's it, it's kind of a three year old dance move, but she uh she makes snowballs and then she she throws them at you. It's it's endearing. I didn't say it wasn't. I just looked like you
1: were over there dancing. I was like, Oh, what's up?
2: Yeah, I'm doing the snowball
1: dance. Okay. I don't know how to move on from that. <laughs> if you have missed our our posts over the past week on Twitter, or the last episode, we did join the youth movement. Got us an Instagram account. Been trying to be fairly active, at least regularly, over there posting news from Texas Tech athletics. Uh, how many how many thousand followers do we have? Ooh, you ready for this? Let's yeah. see. Hold on. Oh, you would ask me that whole. It's gonna take me just a second to get into Instagram.
2: By the way, the the Instagram. Is it a
1: handle? Do they call it a handle in the, sure. the gram? It's, it's super simple. If, if you know us as a 23 personnel podcast, I'm sure you could find the Instagram handle. That's
2: it. It's just 23 personnel podcast.
1: Look look that up. Okay. Personnel,
2: spelled two N's, one L. I have to remind myself of this at least five times a week. Yep.
1: If you were to search and find our account, you would find that we have .03,000. Oh, followers. Oh, .03000 No. .03k. Oh, That's what I said. No. I just I just said 3%
0: of a thousand.
1: No, I know I said
2: oh, .03000. 3, uh,
1: I get it. Wow. There you are.
2: We should probably start over. You piped now. me down. You piped mm. me down too low. You couldn't hear my really clever decimal reading.
1: If you're interested in just that much more 23 personnel content. Follow us on Instagram, 23 personnel podcast. Fairly simple. Post regular posts, stories, share that kind of stuff. Posted, guess like I was saying, uh, pictures and videos from the game last week and I was there against Kentucky. That's right. Some updates about the rankings who's who, who we're playing next all that kind of fun stuff instagram 23 personal podcast also we're still out we're still there on the twitter at 23 personnel you can follow me at punts suck two s's there in the middle and at michael underscore lbk that's me <clears throat> all right so without any further ado michael let's talk about some basketball
0: here comes Stevenson, stings, oh. and it is stuck back by the Ooh. freshman Sensation Smith. Pass over the top, of McCormick and a crowd strip by Owens, already on the run, bounce pass, here's Culver! Evans, yes! Game over! Mooney with a crossover and the line, oh. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready double into three Good oh, to puts it down. Already. Odiasi. Cobar's it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good.
1: Colbert got the separation. Oh. Oh.
0: Step it up big time. Dagger. Over with the dish, ODS. <laughs> o- oh. say. And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas.
1: Michael. Yeah. What are your, your thoughts, feelings, as of tonight, January 28th, about Texas Tech's chances to make the NCAA tournament.
2: Oh, I, I don't think.
1: Okay, we're a third of the way through Big Twelve play.
2: Tex an even five hundred. They're sixth in the Big Twelve right now, three and three. They've lost. They are the, all of their Well, like, so, the... aside from TCU, their their losses are to ranked teams. Correct.
1: Except for TCU, yeah.
2: Aside well, from
1: that, I don't know if Creighton or no, Iowa no.
2: I meant no in Big Twelve play. Oh, okay, I don't know. I'm trying to focus on that. I think Tech's still a tournament team. Long story short, to answer your question, but and I don't, I don't even know if I'd put them so far as a
1: bubble team yet. My problem, or at least what I'm hearing a lot of people say, and I'm jumping on board with, um, is that you haven't beaten anybody. You don't have that resume of like here are your quality wins. I think of your quality opponents. I think I saw you're like 1 in 7. And that was against Louisville and that's which okay, great. That's, that's it. They were number 1 at the time you played them. That's that's fantastic. At least you have that. But everything else. Games where you should have won, could have won. Against Kentucky, could have should have won that game. It's fantastic. Um I guess before we do that though, before we talk about the Kentucky game, there was news from Sunday. I, we, it would feel like an oversight if we didn't mention the death of Kobe Bryant.
2: Yes. It's hard to talk about basketball without mentioning, uh, Bryant briefly. I know that there's going to be so, so many other things you can hear and uh, people with a lot more personal stories about Kobe and, and Gianna, his daughter, I think they called her Gigi for the most part. Uh, just, just terrible. Um, uh, You know, nine people died total in this crash, uh, of course, including the pilot. There were a couple other parents on board, a couple other kids on the way to a basketball game, the way I understood it. And it was one of those things when it first came out, it seemed like some sort of made up fake news that there was no way it could be real. But as a basketball fan, going back to the days where the Lakers were just dominant in the early 2000s i saw i watched kobe play a lot he was uh almost unstoppable um but it just just the community you know really the people to that have the most to say about it and have i think jay williams had a great piece on espn about it Pretty recently, after he heard the news, so it's pretty raw, but in a good way. Of course, anything Shaq has to say about this situation is is, uh, is always worth a listen. So, um, and any of those guys on TNT, I haven't heard Ernie Johnson's thoughts, but I'd like to. Um, I listened to Shaq's, he, there was a video today of him talking. It's about three minutes long. So, anyway, just an awful situation. Can't imagine it. Can't imagine how his surviving family members feel, and as a dad, and you may have thought this too, I don't mean to drift too far down this road, but you just think of yourself in that moment and how you would be handling it with your child at that moment in time, and it just it really, you really feel for everybody in that situation. So anyway, can't not mention that, and uh, we hope everyone's doing okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least as well as can be hoped for in this situation. Um, I was not a professional basketball fan, really outside of following the Mavericks briefly for a couple years. Um, But everybody knew Kobe Bryant, right? Oh, yeah. Um, And everybody yells Kobe when they take some ridiculous shot with a crumpled up piece of paper in a trash can or some dirty laundry towards the hamper or whatever. Kobe! Um, And I I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, don't ever stop that, right? Sure. It it, it kind of feels disrespectful almost at this point, but um, it's definitely something that has permeated like just pop culture in that you you throw some garbage at a trash can and somebody yells out Kobe because of the impact he had even outside of those that follow professional basketball.
2: And and just simply, he would he would throw up some garbage shots and hit them. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was that good. And not just not in garbage time, but in crunch time, you know, he, he would take huge shots and make them. Uh, I've, I've been a Spurs fan for 20 years now. And so I got to see a lot of, a lot of those Lakers take down the Spurs and they were an opponent that you really respected, but man, you just almost feared because he was, so relentless, and he and Shaq as a duo were just, uh, I don't know, I, I hated to see it when they when they split up, even though I knew it would be slightly easier for the Spurs to get a title, but they, they changed basketball. You know, Kobe's just, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys, uh, because I am a Spurs fan, I saw what Pop had to say, what DeMar DeRozan had to say, even Kawhi and a lot of those guys that age, that's who they grew up watching and that's how they modeled their game. And that's how they've kind of transitioned into the league to try to kind of be their version of Kobe. So it, it really has affected those guys obviously and, and guys that have played with him and uh, just, I can't think of a, a celebrity death recently that's been this impactful, um, and, you know. I think some people are throwing out. I know Michael Jackson was was big. Um, Whitney Houston was was a, a big death too. For me personally, Tom Petty was that was huge. That came out of nowhere. But it, this is maybe even on a different level. He was an international superstar and a family guy, and was really trying to do the right thing. I mean, he obviously had his dust ups in the past. And it seemed like he was really trying to to uh, do the right thing with with his daughters and with women organizations with basketball so i I don't mean to ramble, but it was um, completely unexpected, completely out of left field. I haven't had the stomach to watch anything about it yet I think I'll get get to that point eventually because it's still it's still kind of a little bit fresh and I, yeah. I'm not ready to kind of process it through videos and stuff just yet of, you know, the stuff that people are putting together and, you know, they're in remembrance things. And I know that that was constantly on ESPN today uh, and yesterday, but uh, yeah,
1: rough, rough news. Yeah. All right. So let's let's transition from that and talk about Texas tech basketball this weekend hosting number 15, Kentucky And up losing that game in overtime, 76, 74, I, it was a lot of fun to be there in the atmosphere and the environment. The game was not a lot of fun. Like the actual performance. Um, yeah. Because you did so poorly in so many different areas and yet lost by two. scratch your head like, man, had we done any of these laundry lists of things that we, you, you could list off marginally better, you would have walked out of United Supermarkets Arena on Saturday night with the win and also feeling pretty good about the direction of, of where your team's going currently.
2: Yeah. Um, probably one of the top five games, maybe not games, but top five uh, big games in that arena. I think when they open the place with Bobby Knight, 99, that's probably got to be up there. And, with Indiana. Yeah, and maybe even uh, the last couple of Kansas games could could be up there too when game day came. But yeah,
1: so when, whenever I heard people talking about it was just the biggest game ever. Um one that I think most people qualified they said uh non-conference game because you you have gotten Kansas here once a year. Well, and when Texas was
2: really good with Kevin Durant and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, there there or were there are other ones. That's a good point.
1: Oklahoma when they had um Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin and the guard a couple of years ago, Trey Young. Trey Young. There's also the guard a couple of years before that that would shoot like from half court and just drain him. Real stupid, really good shot. What oh, was his yeah. name? Yeah,
2: I'm. I'm. I'm missing it. He was about their only good player though, wasn't he? I think so. But like, he was one of those guys. Were it's kind of like a Pistol Pete kind of guy that you just, you, if he was on the floor, you had to assume he could make it from there.
1: I recently heard his name because I was was watching an NBA game. I never, never watched the NBA.
2: It wasn't Buddy Heald, was it?
1: Yes, Buddy Heald. Anyways, um, yeah, so let's talk about some Texas Tech stats before we we talk about Kentucky stats. Um, Let's talk about Habs, right? Um, For Texas Tech... It was basically a tale of two halves. You did so much better in the first half than the second half, which is strange because at halftime you were losing. You <laughs> right. played better in the first half, but went into halftime down. Then you played in the second half where you made up the difference and tied the game to send it to overtime. You shot 50% from the floor in the first half, only 20%, two of 10 from three. Um, and then you you only took three free throws, but you hit two of them. Whereas in the second half, you shot 33% from the, from the floor, nine of 27, one of eight from beyond, behind the arc. You shot 15 free throws and you hit 11 of them. You It, it felt like <clears throat> down the stretch. Um, yes, in the second half, you were able to erase a 10-point deficit and it happened... I wouldn't say quietly or quickly, but like in the game, I almost didn't realize it was happening. Like right. you, you, you were down by ten, maybe about halfway through the second half, and there were just a few possessions in a row that, you, like, you look up and like, okay, well now we're down by five, and a few possessions later, now we're down by three. A few, it's a one point game, and like then the crowd like just came roaring back into it because mm-hmm. I think from the time that. They hit that half court shot before, right before halftime. Right then, all the way until you came back within a possession, you know, probably 15 minutes into the second half, the crowd was basically non-existent.
2: Um, kind of saw the writing on the wall. Uh, it, it was, it was discouraging to see Richards just completely work our guys over. Uh, you know, Nick Richards came in. You mentioned him last week mm-hmm. i, I kind of wanted to point out that you no, let' you mentioned him out uh in specifically and um uh, last you know his average coming into this game is you know a little over thirteen points a game eight rebounds per game uh sixty eight percent from the field not too shabby but we, you know we, he did shoot from the field he shot 70 percent but he shot a lot more than, he, than normal, and he shot 14 free throws. So he had 25 points on 7 of 10 shooting, 11 of 14 from the line, 14 rebounds. The dude had a double-double double with like, I think the, the second probably half. was close
1: to first half stats. It
2: was very close. The, I think the second half was, uh, I think he had nine rebounds after a timeout or something a few minutes into the second half. I mean, he, his double-double was, he probably had it with 15 left.
1: The only thing that he did a lot more in the second half was shoot free throws. He got fouled right. a lot in the second half, and he shot free throws, and he was fairly efficient. Uh, if he shoots eleven of fourteen, you, you'll take that any day from your big man. Sure, uh, fourteen rebounds, three fouls, four blocks. Yes, uh, which is dumb that like Texas Tech kept going after him. And I don't know if they're trying to be aggressive and get him into foul trouble. Or I think what. that was the plan, but he was. But he kept blocking it, and you are like. Yeah. That wasn't smart or he would alter the shot enough where somebody would take a shot in the lane in front of him and he'd be like, what was that? Cause it would hit the front of the rim, airball it, throw it out of bounds. Basically he's like, was that even a shot? Sure. It was Nick Richards was standing in front of him. Yeah. So who knows what the shooter was thinking?
2: Well, and, and tech as a team only had three blocks, which kind of brings me, I mean, Richards had more single handedly, than tech did as a team. And that's what it, it's kind of bringing me to my How biggest, it, my biggest worry of this team. And I think we've talked about it a little bit is just size. Tech has no size.
1: Except for Ch- Chewa, who, who, who was played five minutes and they were electric. It was so, fantastic. Like when he came in, he hit that almost, all, he <laughs> almost hit a three. He was a step in front of the three point line. It was a really flat shot. Yeah. But like it went in, hit nothing but net. And it like he needed to see that. And then on the next defensive possession, I think he, that's where he got his one block because he he got a block in the game, came back down on the, on that next offensive possession and they found him underneath the basket for that sick reverse layup he had.
2: Yeah. It was beautiful. You're like to see a big man with that kind of move. Like big Russ, where have you
1: been, man? This is what we need. And the crowd was loving it, and I was loving it too at home. Mm-hmm. It was, and you could tell that the fans were really excited because when he checked back in in the second half, like it's almost like a standing ovation. <laughs> right, I was like we need Big this. Big Russ man. is back, please, Big Russ. Um, Kyler Edwards had 18 points, uh, seven of 13 from the from the field, only two of seven from three, uh, and then he had seven rebounds. Th- you know, the three turnovers to the one assist, not very good. But, I mean, the dude never came off the floor. I mean, he played 44 minutes out of 45. Um, you wish he could hit on a, a few more threes. Davide Moretti felt like he had fewer than 15 points because uh, he struggled again. He was one of five from three. He hit six of his seven free throws, also played 44 minutes. Was only four of thirteen from the field,
2: yeah. And i i don't want to I don't want to rag on already, but he has had the unfortunate luck of the one free throw he misses every game seems to be at the end of a game that either like goes why, into overtime or Tech can't loses. you miss the first one that you take in a game? <laughs> or, or Tech loses by a handful of points. <laughs> it's just really unfortunate timing. And but he his it, it, he's cold again from. The arc. I mean, the, well, he, those he are your only two guys that made three-pointers. Kyler made two. Davide made one. Tech was three for 19. Good Lord. three. Yeah, that number is just
1: horrendous. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Shannon, 12 points in 26 minutes. Um, I know that he's not a three-point shooter. Kentucky knew he wasn't a three-point shooter. He he attempted two. I think it was early on when the fans got in, like, in his head because Nick Richards, when he was covering Terrence Shannon, was a good two steps off of him. Like oh, sure. Shannon would get the ball outside of the arc. Richards would not move. Like he was gave him so much space. One because he didn't respect his outside shot, but also respected how fast Shannon is. <clears throat> Shannon attempted two wide open threes and missed them. And I think it got even more in his head because Richards gave him even more space later on in the game. Shannon didn't even look to shoot, but the crowd's like, shoot it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know If you could hear on, on the on the the broadcast, but the students were like, anytime that Shannon got the ball outside the arc, they were like, shoot, <laughs> yeah. because he was, was so much space. If you're if you're open, it's
2: a but, good shot almost any time. You know, if, if if you're open, go ahead and take it. You're playing D one yeah. basketball. You should be able to. You would hope you take a three if you if they're giving you that much room, that much
1: space. Jemias Ramsey still struggling. Played 24 minutes, only six points, three of nine from the field. over 0 oh for 2, from 3 0 oh of 1 from the free throw line. He had only one one turnover, but I felt like there were probably more than that. There were some really ugly shots he took. He was he was one I think he got pulled by Chris Beard because of some of the shots he was forcing. Yeah. Um, I had a friend you, ask me, you know, where's Ramsey? And I looked,
2: and I thought, well, maybe he's in foul trouble. and But he had three fouls, and it was the, almost the end of the game. I thought, I don't know. I'm not sure why he's not he, in. I he guess missed a lot of the second half. He seemed like he was in a funk, but it's, it was still kind of odd to have him sit so much. Um, oh, I wanted to mention one more thing about Shannon. Shannon was four for four from the line. Mm-hmm. All of them came in overtime. He he drew contact. He was the only one kind of driving and trying to get to the basket really all game aside from, I think my he was, he was down there and I think Clark would just kind of be, uh, around to get some, to get some fouls. But <clears throat> I mean, hats off to Shannon. He's made some clutch free throws this year. He's, I think he's an 80
1: something percent free throw shooter for tech. Yeah. Tech hit four of their five free throws in overtime. Uh, Kentucky hit seven of seven. Um, Kentucky only attempted four shots in overtime, hit two of them, one of them being a three. So they scored uh, five points from the field in overtime to the seven points they scored at the line. Yeah. Whereas you you hit three shots, um, three field goals, none of them were threes, and then four free throws. <coughs> obviously they outscored you in overtime um i didn't realize how much of a fan favorite student favorite avery benson is anytime he was subbing in students were were chanting avery oh my gosh it was crazy to see that um yeah so the other guys that we talked about last last week really quickly to touch on uh their guard tyrese maxey didn't have as much of an impact as he Has shown before. He also averages fourteen points. He scored seven. Um, Hagen's averaged. Sorry, I'm I'm trying to read real quick through the through the notes. Um, He averaged seven assists in that game. He had seven. Um, Next closest player we mentioned last week had or was averaging two point nine. There was a player that had three, Tyrese Maxey. Um, Emmanuel quickly, yeah, the, the other player I think we mentioned played 42 minutes, um, second most minutes for Kentucky, um, 21 points. One of those shots was the three at halftime going into half. Um, both he and Richards were really chirpy towards the Tech fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it wouldn't be a 23 personal podcast if I didn't point out some officiating discrepancies here. <laughs> All right. Texas Tech has gotten technicals for things far <clears throat> weaker than what we saw from either Richards or Quickly.
2: Oh, yeah. I would agree with that.
1: But they got away with some really... Did he shush sp- the crowd or kind of... I know Richards, he did... S- well, so one of them was like was really um, egregious but like the referee was not even looking at him. Oh, like, okay. Like he was more concerned about the nine players and like in his line of sight, the, that one player that was taunting the crowd was behind the referee, and it's like, dude, what are you looking at? Th- there were a lot of things that watching the game in the in the arena just like really questionable. Um, the one other thing I want to mention really quickly before before we, we move on from this is that um that assistant coach from Kentucky. I don't know how much play it got on the broadcast. Oh yeah, you mentioned this in our the, Slack chat. The bald assistant coach basically yeah. acted like he ran the show. There was a time where he was running out onto the court screaming at tech players. Um he was yelling a lot at the referees. There was um there was a mistake from the the scorer when Tyrese Maxey picked up his fourth foul and it was indicated on the on the on the board that he had his fifth sure um he was motioned to come and sit down and this this coach i can't i can't remember his name whatever it is he's he's obnoxious he's a douchebag screaming and apparently um this was tweeted out by a member of the kentucky media the dude was so low or i don't even know what do you want to call him um he's such a dick (laughs) Going through the handshake line, he took time to call out the score, a cheating mother whatever. I was like, dude, he made a mistake and it got corrected. Well, and on the, on the broadcast,
2: I couldn't, you know, when you have a three year old, you can't always hear everything, but I was watching that part of it. And it looked like the official referee who sits behind the possession arrow he was kind of checking his notes, and I mean, it, it wasn't like an immediate. Oh yeah, he just has four fouls. It seemed like there may have been a couple of them that thought he had five, because the the referee took they a
1: checked the, the the like he had to turn around. And, and, he
2: turned around. Yeah, he he. But he looked through his notes very thoroughly and kind of was checking some stuff. They had the camera on him for a while, and then he got with the guy behind him, who must have been running the scoreboard, and then they fixed that. So it seemed like it was not a. Obviously, it wasn't intentional. No, but but this dude thought it was. But it was close enough that it, even the the official alternate referee, or you know, whoever that guy's official title is, he took his time to kind of make sure it was right before he went back and, and spoke with the the scoreboard keeper. So I just a, much to do about nothing, but what a jerk move, you, you know. <laughs> and then on
1: <laughs> on Sunday, I I I was on Twitter for like half a second. Like reading through the, a thread that a Kentucky media member started about that, and read a lot of comments from Kentucky saying like this dude should never work a basketball game again the rest of his life. I was like, all right, this it was it was too much. You, you went too far in the deep like time. that. I was like, right, f-, <laughs> f this. <laughs> these <laughs> these fans are intense. <laughs> um, I, I I saw one Kentucky fan on on Twitter, like basically just like like what the, f- man, my man, what the. F- Talking about Moretti, like the only thing he said in that video was my man, my knit, whatever. I'm not going to say that word. What the F over and over again. But the caption on the video was Moretti is the biggest flopper in college basketball.
2: That was, that was the video.
1: Yeah, basically. Um, There were several times when douche coach and Calipari were doing the motion for flop or whatever the, the two hand. Sure. Yeah. I don't remember exactly the, the thing was like he got trucked in the lane and you're saying he flopped like no yeah. sack up dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's, but they, they, they definitely got some calls on the road, which are a little shady. Like you're it's a blue blood. the blue butt. the, the, coaches there, not the coaches, the referees in this game. Again, like I said, it wouldn't be a, a 23 personal podcast <laughs> if I didn't take a few minutes to address this. There were times when they called a foul on tech three or four seconds after the shot had hit the ground, having gone through the net. It's like they were already getting back up to run the other way. And then you called the foul. I was like Are we are we on a delay? Like the, does it take your brain that long to realize, oh wait, wait, hold on. This is an opportunity to give Kentucky some more free throws. They wanna they want to make sure they get it right, Spencer. They
2: wanna they want to really think it through it's, it's garbage. <laughs> I know there was one in particular. Tech actually, I feel like Tech got a few calls at the end of that game, and one of them was probably makeup calls. One of them was Moretti sliding to take a charge. That was a block. That was a block all day long. He slid into the guy that was riding the that was trying to go around baseline, and then fell, and then. Got called an offensive foul. And I was like, and maybe, oh.
1: that, maybe that. Maybe that's what this guy was. <laughs> I would have been was upset about that one too. To. he
2: was moved. I think he was almost mid air when he, when they collided, and they were like, mm,
1: "Yep, offensive foul. He knocked him down. He
2: was he was he was not set. Maredi
1: yeah. was not set." All right. So you mentioned this. This was not a Big Twelve game, obviously, but after last week's loss to TCU, you fall to three and three, sixth place in the Big Twelve. Um, upcoming schedule, not not a welcome sight. No. You aren't home um tomorrow night, Wednesday night. You're hosting West Virginia, but they moved up in the rankings again. You fell out after going oh and two this past week. Um and I think because of the you're not stellar resume against quality opponents you're starting to quickly approach the need to win area. I would agree because you're you're running out of opportunities to make your case. You've got one game against West Virginia, one game against Baylor, two against Kansas. You basically have four quality opponents left on your on your four quality opponent games on your schedule. You almost need to win all four of them. Which would include sweeping Kansas, like winning at KU, winning at um baylor i i don't see it i don't see it
2: happening i I think it's it's going to be a tough end of the season uh it's i still think tech is a tournament team but you know you may have to ask me that
1: again in a week well and here's the thing i think we we went into the season saying it's unfair to compare this team to last year's team still true I, absolutely, but I think what's what we've seen we've seen flashes of a really good basketball team. Like when they played like Grange's <clears throat> Oklahoma State, they played really well against Oklahoma State. Yes, they had a, a total team effort when they beat Louisville. Like, we've seen flashes of really good basketball. How good this team can be, but we're not seeing that consistently and not going in the right direction. Like you're not seeing a better product.
2: The thing that we we saw a lot last year was the consistent defense. We're not seeing that this year this year Uh, last year it was almost always consistent defense and then hope for the best offense Mm -hmm. sometimes the offense would show up sometimes it wouldn't but the defense almost always did this year you're not getting that you know but you're not getting a known defensive night every night there's going to be nights where someone's going to score two players are going to score 46 points on you and and that's just how it's gonna be. Or you're gonna get out rebounded like crazy. Which happened last time we played
1: West Virginia. West Virginia, yep. The other thing that happened is they shot they had twenty they took twenty eight more free throws than you did. It was a thirty five to seven advantage because of their size and they could be more aggressive and take advantage of that in the paint.
2: Yeah, I I will be at this game tomorrow night. Um I think it's going to be really tough for Tech to win it. It and they I don't know if they can. I don't know if they can compete with the size that West Virginia has. The only way that Tech can win a game against a quote-unquote better opponent or a you know, um uh, someone with some size is if their offense just plays lights out. That's that's what it's going to take. It's going to take Ramsey and Reddy and Edwards to have 60 points. Combined.
1: The only player that scored in double figures in the first game was Dominic Reddy, who scored sixteen. Edwards had nine, Ramsey had eight, Clark had six, McCullough had six, Benson had five.
2: The one silver lining is that Shannon did not play in Morgantown. That was uh I think the first or second of his two games where he he sat uh, mm-hmm. to, to rehab a little bit. So having him back is great. I mean he had twelve against Kentucky. We've talked about his ability to get to the line and make the free throws I, and then I looked it back up he's eighty four percent right now on the year so he's kind of a wild card he's he's kind of sixth seventh guy who can come in and shake things up a little bit and
1: and you need Jay would to come in and give you a, at least a few minutes he He played three minutes in the last last time you played. Was I was one of two from the field
2: i I'm, I'm still <clears throat> You know, obviously, I'm not going to question Coach Beard's coaching decisions, but I was surprised to see Chewa just bank a brief appearance in the second half against Kentucky, and then that was the last time we ever saw him. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there was a reason for it. I don't know what it was, but I think. I know a lot of it's, well, he's young and we're just, he's green and we're just trying to, well, we'll put him in the game. (laughs) Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that'll, that'll eliminate some of the greenness just throw him in there and more than maybe three to five minutes a game and, and see how it goes, especially when we're so completely outsized under the glass and, and we're playing small ball and you know, the, the guys that are in there either can't shoot or won't shoot or. They won't drive, or they drive and they, they get their stuff blocked to the baseline. I mean, ah. <laughs> Just try it. Try a big man. Throw him out there. See what happens.
1: Yeah, so West Virginia had six blocks last time, uh, 35 free throw attempts. They only attempted 48 shots from the field. You shot 74 times. Sheesh.
2: Oh, that's right, because, well.
1: You took a ton of shots.
2: But Tech, Tech did well on offensive rebounds, right?
1: Uh, 16 yeah you had 33 total rebounds to their 46 um six of 28 from three so you took a ton of threes uh, and you were barely better than you were against kentucky but you're back at home maybe that'll help it didn't really help against kentucky but (coughs) your offense needs to be a little more productive um
2: Sorry for the coughing, by the way. If y'all can hear that, I'm trying of not to. Of course we can hear. <laughs> of course you can. Sorry
1: guys. Uh, and then after that, you travel to Lawrence, take on Kansas. Heck of a week. Yeah, Kentucky, West Virginia, Kansas had had a had, you still do have a great opportunity to to build a resume. You, you know, if you go two and one this week, you be like, okay, well maybe like they're starting to, to figure things out. Sure also very plausible you go oh and three and at this time next week we're like all right so now we're 12 and nine or whatever it is like it's gonna be a stretch let's 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 hope for the nit and, and like run that thing maybe so get these guys some some time get them to play the other thing and i i don't i'm not throwing in the towel for this season yet but the other thing to think about and look forward to when looking at next season is you'll most likely have Tyreek Smith back, right? His, his his foot injury will be healed. You will most likely have Joel and Tomboy, unless the final appeal gets um, the decision goes his favor and he plays this season. <clears throat> Plus, you'll add uh, Chibuzo Agbo and Mari Burnett and Micah Peavy. Yeah, and so, there's
2: there's some size there, too. There's size. So that's I mean, not a – the fact that we don't have size right now is not necessarily a critique on Beard. He's got two guys, one that is ineligible because of NCAA rules and
1: really because one who's got a hurt foot. And UNLV won't won't participate with the <clears> – <throat> not the investigation, but the – The appeal and – Appeals process. Sure. Because everybody else that, that transferred out of UNLV has been approved for el- being eligible. Yeah, I think they're the only playing thing, hardball. They're just – they're still salty that it's Chris Beer trying to get this player who left UNLV after being there for 9 days or whatever it was. Yeah. All right. Um on the road to Kansas, uh, I guess the biggest thing to talk about there is they had a big fight last Tuesday, at Kansas State um both well, okay. So Silvio Silvio De Sousa basically out the rest of the season except for their last regular season game which is in love who do they play on that yeah, yeah they, that's they, interesting they make, they make the trip to love like, why why would you not just hold them out the rest of the season
2: i don't know it was it said it was a 12 game suspension so i assume that it also included the sec challenge whoever they played i guess tennessee yeah so I, I did the I did the math and counted it, and sure enough, after had, twelve, they there, was, there were they have thirteen games left after that fight, and and it's not that the thirteenth game is in Lubbock,
1: it's not that DeSouza is Sousa is like a major factor to them. He's, no, he's,
2: he only he what a, he's, a handful of minutes, five to eight minutes. Yeah, he's not
1: doing a whole bunch for them, which is kind of funny after all the stuff that Bill Self went through to make sure to help him be eligible after sitting out for all that long. Other player that Kansas uh, had suspended, David McCormick, his suspension ends tonight. He'll be playing for Kansas Saturday against Tech. Yep, yep. Um, the other other <coughs> players uh, that were suspended for Kansas State, James Love, Antonio Gordon, both uh, will be eligible to return. when Kansas state makes a return trip to Lubbock. So I have all the guys that were suspended. The only guy that you'll miss is to And he wasn't really all that much of a factor for Kansas.
2: No. Yeah. He'll be the one guy that will not play uh, this weekend in Lawrence, but I'm not, I, I don't like text chances here. It's, I don't want to look past West Virginia, you know, just yet because they've they've got to play West Virginia first, but
1: which is no easy task because they're basically a top ten team.
2: I mean they they had trouble in a very very friendly stadium or uh, arena in Fort Worth, and they haven't seen anything quite like going to Lawrence. This team has not, mm-hmm. and uh, th- this will this will be a real. A really big test for them. Probably the closest they've come is uh, in Morgantown. I bet that was probably kind of their most "quote unquote" hostile road environment this year. But Lawrence is going to eclipse that, and this team can get a little shaky. They they can they seem to uh, some of them seem to shy away from taking the big shots, and that's. A concern of mine but I did want to point out one other uh, other thing about the Kentucky game at the end of regulation Moretti wanted the ball and he wanted to take the last shot in those you know those last couple of possessions I know at least one possession he did and I, I he missed it but he wanted it he cleared him out you know they the four other players went on the baseline he had his guy one-on-one he got a good look took a good shot but missed and I was surprised to see that from him because he seemed to kind of just disappear, hang out in the corner, wait for someone to throw him the ball, and then maybe he'll shoot it. Um, we've kind of not seen that take charge attitude with with really anyone on this team. There's sparks of it with Edwards that we've discussed. Uh, that was the first time I'd really seen Moretti do that. And then there's guys like Shannon who are just going to do it. No matter what, because that's that's kind of how they play.
1: He had another steal and run out dunk
0: against oh, gosh. Kentucky.
1: <clears throat> it was early enough in the game, like one. So we were sitting in front of some really obnoxious Kentucky fans. Um, it was one of those ones where I like, like it happened quickly, but I intentionally jumped up and was screaming <clears throat> at this, like, "Yeah, let's let's go ahead and enjoy this, this, is, this one." This is our guy. There's a picture that you you may have seen. I I can't remember if it was from a texas tech photographer or not but shannon's got the ball like he, he's in the air going for this dunk he's got the ball behind his head stretched out and It's like no way like from that angle and how far away he's from this like no way it's going in but you know he dunked on that
2: yeah he was going he was going that fast he was jumping that high incredible but <clears throat> i i'm just not sure how well they're going to handle this environment and i just hope that they can get a win against west virginia first before they go and then the final
1: game that we'll t- we'll touch on uh which we will be recording kind of in the middle of cuz it's a late game next tuesday night uh they're back at home versus oklahoma who if you're not careful will 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 take a win in in lubbock sure um that game will be on espn espn 2 um the game against West Virginia tomorrow night the final game of your three games on ESPN plus if you got that month subscription go ahead and cancel it Thursday morning Um, and then Saturday's game obviously uh, for Kansas will be on ESPN we need to move on to to football Michael we've got surprisingly a lot to talk about okay I'm ready
0: they go four up top they throw the fade to fasher. caught touchdown with time, delivery. Picked off to Marcus Fields, down the sideline, touchdown, Red Raiders, 97 yards. Harrell, back to throw, going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson.
1: And oh, he, my. He got
0: it, touchdown, oh. Red Raiders. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. And it's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Capture. Pulls free. And touchdown. Red Raiders with a second to go. Let the scoring begin.
1: We do have Texas Tech football to talk about.
2: Yeah. There was something that that happened last week and Which we didn't of,
1: touch on but we should have.
2: Yeah, kind of like a like a fart in the wind. It just it just came and left and we we didn't even think to mention it.
1: Todd Orlando no longer on the Texas Tech coaching staff. He was here 8 days. And what a ride that was. It was incredible. Do you remember how
2: high how high high we jumped up into the passing Defense, yards per game, during that time, like I no.
1: you know why, why? Because we didn't play a game. <laughs> <laughs> we,
2: no, no, I think no, I think but, we would have cracked the top hundred and twenty six.
1: You know, it's that, that's, it's that's, that's a tall ask because Texas's pass defense was only hundred twenty seventh. I think I think we could have Texas Tech's with hundred twenty eighth. Could have leapfrogged him. My defense to a lot of the Texas fans saying, oh, look how salty Texas Tech fans may, must be that Orlando's leaving them already. One, it was already kind of a special special situation that Wells was having Orlando be on staff basically as long as, as he needed a job. Yeah. Um, and if he was going to be with, with Texas Tech in the fall, great. Um, if not, Keith Patterson got a, a promotion out of it. He got to change positions and do that kind of stuff. um, And also, the his defensive performance in Austin was not something like that we were counting on bringing to Lubbock. DPU, man. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyways, he gone. Yeah. Going to uh, South, Southern California.
2: Yeah. He's going to go coach with Graham, fellow Red Raider, Graham Harrell. Graham future Harrell. Future head coach. Head coach in waiting, Graham Harrell.
1: <laughs> Probably. Um, but going back to Matt Wells, and this is something that you guys were on top of today because it happened today. This was Tuesday. Yeah. He's out in Houston on a recruiting trip with offensive line coach Steve Farmer. He tweeted a, a photo and said that he and and uh, Farmer were bussing it, not bussing, but... R- fly,
2: riding in style or something.
1: Riding in style around Houston in a helicopter. <clears throat> yeah. And you guys point out, I was like, that's awfully tone deaf, having just come two days after Kobe Bryant had died in a helicopter crash. Yes. And I guess somebody finally got a hold of him and said, you need to, to take that tweet down because it has since been deleted.
2: Yeah. And it had a helicopter emoji. It was just really...
1: It was a strange.
2: Not a smart social media move at all. I, I, I don't know where this, you... this is
1: apparent that he runs the, that account, not somebody right. else.
2: And, I, and I'm sure it was to appeal to the recruits like, hey, Texas Tech has a helicopter. How cool is this? But how do you say that and not think anything at all about, oh, one of the greatest athlete superstars of the last 25 years passed away in a helicopter barely two days ago. Uh, just really not. It, it was yeah. wise to delete it before it got any, too much more and, traction. And I'm sure it probably got some traction anyway. And, you know, the fact that
1: we're talking about it is, <laughs> it's, it's also a weird flex to be like, hey, look, man, I, I have a helicopter. It's like. The players never going to write on it. Sure, no, it's not going to do anything for them. No.
2: Um, but yeah, it's really, really poor, uh, poor thought process on on posting that tweet.
1: Also, former Red Raider Zach Thomas one step closer to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's named a Hall of Fame 2020 finalist.
2: That's right. They're they're going to make the big vote. Apparently they do this the day before the Super Bowl. So the committee is going to meet Saturday on the first of February, and they're going to elect five modern era players for this class. And hopefully Zach Thomas will be one of those five.
1: Yeah. So some of the some of the stats he played twelve seasons with the Dolphins, nineteen ninety six to two thousand seven. Uh, Earned seven Pro Bowl invitations, named All-Pro five times. Averaged 136 tackles per season, with six seasons eclipsing 150 tackles. 17 career interceptions, four return for touchdowns, eight fumble recoveries, and 20 and a half sacks.
2: Does it mention anything in there about him being in the Texas Tech ring of honor? Because that could help him. You think that could help him? (laughs) Not in this article. No. Okay, all right. Well, we should we should write that in. We've still got some time. Yeah, try to add that to his resume because I think that'll that'll beef it up just enough and they'll decide that it's time. It's, yeah. time. it's time to
1: give him the gold jacket. All right, so another former Red Raider that we have to talk about. Oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. He's got a game this weekend. It, and I don't know about you guys, but a game is 10 times more exciting. The Super Bowl is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting money on it. Sometimes I haven't got feeling about a matchup like Mahomes versus the 49ers defense, which we'll talk about in a second. Sometimes I'm just betting on my team or my guy because they're my team. Or Patrick Mahomes is my guy. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're going to bet this season last game of the season. Yeah. Do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support Patrick Mahomes, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. If you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. It's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to double your cash. Cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
2: So, If we were to lay money on this, last week when we discussed it, KC was favored minus one and a half. Has that line moved at all? It has.
1: Oh, KC minus two. Well, big movement. So the money, (laughs) the money is coming in on our boy, Patty Ice. Um, Also, the over-under is set at 55 and a half. I'm not sure if that's high enough. I'm not sure. <laughs> KC may score
2: 55. Is that the over-under total? Is that for both mm-hmm. teams or just mm-hmm. Kansas City? Over-under 55.5. Well, you know, to to back you up on your defense claim, maybe there's something to that. Because a lot has been said about this San Francisco defense, uh, you know, what they've been able to do, the, the points they've been able to hold teams. Uh, I think it was it, what's one of their – big calling deals it's either their rush defense pass or pass rush oh it's pass rush that's right that's right
1: because i heard a heard a interview with patrick mahomes saying that he was aware of their pass rush tendencies sure right but i think everybody's just kind of buying the 49ers has a great defense without looking at the kansas city defense Let's take a look, Michael. I'm ready. Share, so, share share some knowledge in, with. in me. their in their pass rush, 49ers do share do have a slight advantage over KC. 49ers had 48 sacks on the season. You know how many the Chiefs had? You're taking a sip. 45. I was going to guess 49. So, the pass rush special defense of the 49ers has 3 more sacks over eight or 19 games, so you're plus three over 19 games. Negligible difference. Interceptions. Kansas State. Not Kansas State. Good gravy. (laughs) Kansas City 16. 49ers 12. Third down defense. 49ers has an advantage 33%. Kansas City 37%. Oh, that's not much of an advantage. The biggest one, I think, is yards per game given up. 49ers only give up 282 yards. Whereas KC gives up 350. But... <clears throat> Can, although they give up more yards, Kansas City gives up fewer points per game. Barely, but nineteen point two to the Forty Nine ers nineteen point four. That
2: blows my mind. I did not expect to see that because I've watched enough KC football that I was. I've been concerned about this defense. It seems like they, they are uh, not the bend but don't break. They're like a break, break, break. Okay, <laughs> now we figured it out. <laughs> they they right. just kind of. They'll have three drives in a row. Will. I don't know they'll someone'll put up 17 points on them, and you're going okay now are you going are you going to let my boy
1: Pat do anything <laughs> now they're even in penalties at 116 penalty yardage though KC 844 to the 49ers 957 mm. an opponent red zone scoring percentage KC 51.5 to the 49ers 61% that's a big difference yeah it is and here's where I think it validates all these numbers that I would say favor the Kansas City defense. The strength of schedule for the Chiefs, fifth. The strength of schedule for the 49ers, tenth. They, yeah, th- the they Niners put are up, in a weak division. They've put up better numbers against better opponents than the 49ers, and they're the ones getting on the love. So I think the, oh my gosh, it's going to be a fight of the century, number one offense versus number one defense. Like, oh, the Kansas City defense is not as far back as you may expect. How they're not actually talked about mm-hmm. because, like Patrick Mahomes overshadowing that, or just the Forty ers defense. I think the Kansas City defense is going to do just fine. I, I take that back. The Niners aren't in a.
2: I guess they're in rel- Their their division's gotten better over the years. I mean, the, obviously Seattle's good. Do they play the Rams? Is the, are the Rams in their division? And the
1: Rams and the Cardinals.
2: Yeah, I know it's the Cardinals for sure. The Cardinals but, were garbage. Yeah, they were Cliff very Kingsbury. Good. <laughs> Where are you at, bro? <laughs> Sorry, bro. But so. Yeah, I kind of have to take that back. Aside from the Cardinals, they have they have a pretty solid division. So I was surprised to see that their strength of schedule was that far lower. But the Chiefs did play the Pats. Um, twice? Yeah. So I think. What? Don't they play twice? No,
1: they're not in the same division. Oh, okay. They just you're played right, – right, right. it was just a
2: regular season this year. The,
1: they played twice last year because they met in the AFC Championship game. That's, that's what I was yes. thinking of. Okay. Here's, here's where I think. So the defense, I think, are a lot similar than you probably – I at least, let me, the defenses are a lot more similar than I thought they were. The offenses are way different in terms <laughs> of how good they are. So, like, I don't think the 49ers have that much of a shot in this game. I wonder and if – And I'm probably, like, way over – overvaluing this but like I think because the defenses aren't as far apart as I thought the the big gulf between the offenses is really going to play out and not to say that San Francisco has a bad
2: offense but we've seen the Chiefs play
1: offense and it is scary against supposedly their best competition in in the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl they are putting they're averaging what 45 points a game
2: in the playoffs, yeah. In
1: the playoffs?
2: Yes. Against elevated competition. And and let, let's see. And, what, and spotting both teams a couple of scores before
1: they even <laughs> get out of the gate. Let's not talk about that. Um, and let, let's see let's see the 49ers run in the playoffs. 49ers' schedule is loading they did, very slowly.
2: Well, they did beat the Packers pretty darn soundly. I think they jumped out on some crazy twenty-four to nothing lead or something like that.
1: So they beat uh, the Vikings twenty-seven ten, and then the Packers thirty-seven twenty. So they're averaging thirty-two points a game on offense, more than than I was expecting.
2: <clears throat> Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I, I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. I've I've been really excited about it and. I wanted to talk with you a little bit about these prop bets that you pulled up.
1: Oh, for sure. We we have to talk about We got There's not
2: a ton of them, y'all, so y'all y'all bear with us. This is fun. This is fun for us. I hope it's fun for you.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, outside of, of football, the game itself, which I think will be really exciting, you've got a couple other aspects of this game that make it like a whole family. Like, it, it, it's good for everybody, right? You've got food, you've oh, yeah. got prop bets or squares games, whatever you're doing just to kind of spice it up. Um. But you, you, you mentioned prop bets let's talk about those uh, right. I've got a list of 10 in a tiebreaker that I want to talk about and this one comes up every year the length of the national anthem so love it Demi Lovato is singing the national anthem over under a set at two minutes I'm, in I'm prepara- taking the over in preparation for this podcast I looked up the video of her most recent performance in the world series singing national anthem you know what I found Michael? what'd you find? it fell between 159 and 2 minutes <laughs> it like whoever set this line probably said it after watching that video <laughs> because it was as close to exactly 2 minutes as you could get
2: it's got to be the over uh, that's, um, uh, i
1: that's i would i would tend to agree because i think most performers tend to jazz it up a little bit on the bigger stage so you going to have a little bit more flair yeah to it, I, which will slow it down well and i'm thinking that which she did in the World
2: Series game a lot of these performers are the opposite of me when there's a spotlight on them and they're you know there's a bunch of people listening and watching. they love it they want to they love it and they want to captivate their attention whereas if it was me and I was charged with performing the national anthem first of all, I'd do it on an instrument and oh, i'd for be sure. I'd be out of there in forty five seconds
1: I'd be gone Then <laughs> <dun>, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> our outcome Good night, everybody outcome of the coin toss that's pretty easy head or tails um which team will score first
2: uh, the, if a uh, pattern chooses if, if the niners that's, mm. that's that's how it's gone in the playoffs
1: here's one that i thought was really interesting what's the jersey number of the first player to score a touchdown is it 26 and below or 27 and above which twenty seven is a weird spot to, to split the? I know where do you come up with the that? roster, but I think because most of the the running backs and some of the the receivers like for for KC were low numbers, except that, Kelsey, except for Kelsey. But I think all the receivers and Mahomes, the running backs, everybody except for Kelsey falls under twenty seven.
2: Yeah, but the I Niners, think. I may be the other. They may be the other way. They may have uh, some higher number guys. That's I, that's I, really I, interesting. I would take the over just because I think Kelsey's gonna.
1: He may score first. Sure. Will the game be tied again after starting 0-0? Yes or no? Um, how many wardrobe changes for J-Lo during halftime? The line is set at two and a half, which is high. It's a great line, though. But do you think it's going to be over?
2: No, right? I think it's going to be under because I think she's going to be three outfits. Right, so, so it would be two changes. The one that she
1: has on and then two changes. Then she'll change two more times. She's also like co headlining this. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that there's not a a line for whoever she's singing with Shakira Shakira. There it is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This is, this is a halftime show straight out of, um, 2001,
1: 1999. The other thing I I didn't mention when I talk about like things outside of the game are the commercials and the halftime, the, the musical performances. Oh yeah. Um, okay. How many yards will the game's longest touchdown be? The yardage is set at 44 and a half, which is lengthy. It is. That's what she said. It is. <clears throat>
2: I, I'm. I'm. Patrick Mahomes is playing in this game. He's playing quarterback in this game. In case y'all didn't know, I'm taking the over.
1: Well, here's the thing. Even like in all these playoff games, when they like, scored a bajillion points, they haven't been really long touchdowns. They've been like
2: yeah, 17 or 30. I think there was a 30 thrown in there. 30ish. I
1: think he had he had that 27 or 28 yard run.
2: Oh, the run which was insane. Yeah, but it wasn't 44. No.
1: <laughs> How many
2: players will attempt to pass? Two and a half is where the line is set. I'm, I would take the over on this because, you know, it's it's the bourbon bowl.
1: Can't hold anything back Can't now. Can't hold anything back now. So that there may be somebody. So obviously what comes into play here is if a quarterback gets injured or if there's a trick play. What if Mahomes catches a touchdown pass? From Kelsey, please. Oh. please!
2: <laughs> Wearing the gloves. Wearing those big yellow gloves, throwing a ball. This is like a wounded duck. Oh, that's just great. Mahomes
1: has to turn around and wait for it. He's <laughs> yeah. like, oh my gosh, he's going to get blown it's up. It's a one-handed grab. Which team will score last? Hmm. Not win, but score last, which I think is interesting. Who will be named the Super Bowl MVP? Patrick <laughs> Mahomes Anyone else? (laughs) Mahomes versus the field. I'm taking Mahomes. Yeah, I would take Mahomes. Which is like there's 20, at least 20. I can't do math. One other player is possible. No. Oh, there'd be more than that. There's 43 other players minus specialists. So 40, or plus specialists. So 43 other players, regular contributors at least. Patrick Mahomes versus 43. I'm taking Mahomes. I'm I'm taking Mahomes
2: too. Tiebreaker.
1: Total t- total points scored by both teams. The over-under, like we mentioned, 55.5. So. Some fun Over. Taking the over. Oh, for sure. So, some fun things to to look at there. Um, picks. I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. I have taken. take the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs, too. Spoiler, um, to guys. I'm sure no one saw this coming. And I, I think it's going to be... <coughs> 7 to 13 points, which is kind of a, a large window, but I, I think it'll be a comfortable win for, for the Chiefs. Maybe the 49ers score late-ish to get it within 7, but I think it'll be about a touchdown.
2: You got a score like 39-24? If we were
1: playing squares, yeah, probably.
2: Mm. I don't know. No, I don't...
1: I, I think I think the 30. Chiefs
2: cracked the 40s. I, I think we see like a 42... Thirty-four kind of game.
1: I was gonna say forty-one,
2: thirty-four. Oh, it's all TDs, bro.
1: Unless they miss an extra point, which is oh, some that other, was one of the other dude was was handicapping yeah, you this. You saw
2: that one. <clears throat> three to one odds. Three he, to
1: one odds that an extra point would be missed. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting bet to take. Okay, so one more thing, and I'm 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 definitely stealing this 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 bit here from a local talk show. Um they asked they posed a question and it was a question that that they had received from a, a, another fan are we as texas tech fans tired of hearing about patrick mahomes in the super bowl and that like not that we're tired of hearing about patrick mahomes but like it's just been so like it's an easy target You're just beaten over the head with it the past 3 weeks like let's let's get to the game and move on I'm I'm definitely no. no like no. no. I, I I can't get enough Patrick Mahomes content. I don't think content. I no. I I'm just I'm the dude under the slurpee fountain with it like guzz, <laughs> like just dumping it in my mouth. Like give me that content.
2: Yeah, that guy on that commercial who dumps a whole pot of hot coffee on his face just just drinking it down. That's that's me. That's me with Mahomes content. I'm ready. I want all of it. My friend Adam and I were talking today. We were just kind of hypothesizing, "Oh, do you think someone will interview Kingsbury to talk about Mahomes?" yeah. I said, "Well, I'm sure someone's asking him to. We should ask him. We should ask him at stake in the planes."
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm showing Michael this picture. I'm reminding him of this picture. So, uh, yeah. Mahomes and some other Texas Tech football players came to visit the the Children's Hospital where I work. Um, this was in August of 2016, so three and a half years ago. One thing that my coworkers were kind to point out: my beard. Much darker in this picture than it currently is. <laughs> true. A lot, true. Of, a lot more gray here I was like, you know why? You guys. <laughs> Pointing back to them. Um, I have a picture with Mahomes. Pretty cool. We have a picture hanging up in our office of some of the cool things that we have. Um But no, I'm I'm not tired of hearing about it. Win or lose, like him being the starting quarterback in his second year as a player, um, being a former Red Raider, like you, you can't beat that. Now, so some people were saying, "Well, he doesn't have as a, as impressive as a professional career, or maybe even the resume of of, of Wes Welker." Is like, okay, I I, I can kind of see in, that. Guys, three years in. Also, Wes Welker is coaching in this game. Nobody seemed to be talking about that. So, like, you have that Red Raider mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, and that he's arguably done more for his position than Mahomes has because he basically validated legitimized this small under air quote undersized inside receiver high motor high motor blue collar whatever you want to call the (laughs) the little white receiver basically that's what they're saying when they they call somebody blue collar or heady coach's son it's like borderline racist (laughs) let's, let's be honest um shockingly fast. So I, I I don't want to even get into that but like you, you, the the description you hear between white players and black players is like deceptively fast. That's it. Deceptively fast. Coach's son, blue collar versus like he's so athletic. Like explosive. <laughs> it's like okay, dude. <laughs> all right. Um no, not not sick of Mahomes talk. I I'll I'll take that content all day. Win or lose, because he's, he's a great representative for the university. There was also a conversation, same station, about if he. Sh- I, I think we talked about this last last week. If he deserved up on the Texas Tech Ring of Honor, his co- collegiate career would would suggest no. I think you can't you can't ignore his professional career, which he would be the exception. Right? You you can't do this for everybody, but to not have a Patrick Mahomes in the Texas Tech Ring of Honor in the stadium is a blatant oversight.
2: Yeah. I I think you'd have to do it at some point.
1: Well, last thing on football is former head coach Cliff Kingsbury is giving Adam Cook, Patrick Mahomes head coach from White House, Texas high school, tickets to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then there was a letter that uh Coach Cook sent to To, to Kings, Tim Tim Kingsbury. Kingsbury's father, the other head the head coach, Texas high school football head coach. Down there, in New Braunfels. Yep, the unicorns. Yeah, it's which it's, is a real, a real dadgum mascot.
2: Yeah, the New Braunfels unicorns. Go unis. Is that right? Do you say that?
1: Go unis. Go corns. No. You don't say corns, do you? <laughs> no clue. Anyways, Kingsbury still stand up, dude.
2: Yeah, taking care of the guys. It, it was it was really neat that um, you know, and in, in, in that letter. He, he talks about how Kingsbury did it. You know, he, he sent a text and blew him away with a ticket offer to the Super Bowl so this old coach could watch his former high school QB in the most exciting game in football. Um, the opportunity to watch Patrick start in his first Super Bowl will be forever etched within my heart. I will try my best to take it all in and return to share uh, with his biggest fans in our Little East Texas community. They have been there all the way too, and that's true. You know you, <clears throat> the. I'm sure. Imagine how we feel. Being mm-hmm. tech fans, imagine
1: uh, being part of the White House group. Yeah, like a small, small East Texas town. Yeah, has an alumnus playing as a starting quarterback in a Super Bowl. Um, imagine the the kind and not of, that many not that many years out of high school. Like he's no. been out
2: eight years imagine the kind of pride and the kind of joy we feel about him seeing him as a collegiate player
1: talk that about these, like walking into your 10-year high school reunion as a as pat mahomes nfl and super bowl nvp sure calling it put my shot in right now
2: yeah i mean that's <laughs> uh, you know just think of, of how we feel and then probably amplify that by five or ten about the the the, the group that went to school with him the teachers that taught him coaches that you know, coached him.
1: Yeah, it's, it's there. There are a lot of current Texas Tech fans that were went to school with Mahomes. They're like, I'm cheering for Mahomes because like I went to school with him. Yeah, that's all it took. I, I was not in school the same time he was. they was, I graduated like the semester before he came on. I definitely claim that like I went to Texas Tech. Patrick Mahomes went to Texas this Tech. This guy
2: did. Yep.
1: We're, we're, we lived in Lubbock at the same we're time. We're basically best friends. Yeah. All right, let's um, let's wrap this up and get on to some questions.
0: Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer?
1: Who's in the box? What's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy.
0: Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All
1: right, we got a handful of questions. Let's get to them real quick. Um Ben Staten, Staten, do the Red Raiders make the tournament? And there was actually an interesting back and forth between he and Keith Patrick of the Dinger Derby podcast. He said which tournament?
2: Oh, yeah, that's what Keith said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then Ben says, great question. I'll go with both. Chances for either. I like baseball's chances a lot more than basketball. Um he said, actually, no, I meant NCAA or NIT. <laughs> yeah. Uh will that too? So I think we've already kind of touched on that. I think I'm leaning towards best chances. Most likely to happen are the Redditors do not finish the regular season strongly enough and have a good enough resume to beat out other mid-majors. So they fall into probably the mid to upper tier of the NIT. And I think they would do well there. Um, but I don't think what i what i've seen now what i what i know i think they've got a better shot at making the NIT than the, than the NCAA tournament but i also think they would do really well in that tournament i'm kind of going back on what i said earlier
2: at first i thought they were the more i think about it that they just don't have the guys to be able to get these big wins in in the rest of the Big 12 play um, I mean, I'm not even sure how they're going to get to 500. They've got to win well, six more games.
1: You've got uh, Oklahoma State at home. You've got no, two. You've already played them at home. Okay, sorry. It's on you, the road. You, well, but it's still it's Oklahoma State. They're awful. You do have Kansas State at home.
2: You have yeah, got... Kansas State beat the crap out of West Virginia.
1: But you beat them on the road, and that's probably your, your biggest. Like you've seen them, you got them on the road. Sure. Um, you've got two games against Oklahoma. You can, probably should sweep them. You've got two games against Texas. You should at least split those. Um, two games against Kansas. I think you've got a good shot to split that. I think you, you could be amped up, trying to get the right momentum, fighting for a spot in the dance. Yeah, because it's the last game of the year. Yeah. Can't hold anything back now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I I just don't think that you'll have the resume, by the because I. In my mind, you'll probably lose in Waco to Baylor. You'll lose in Lawrence. Um, I don't have a good feeling about this Wednesday night. So you get swept by West Virginia. Um, Great time to be chewing some ice. So I I, I just (coughs) don't think they'll have the the resume at the end of the season to make the tournament. I think they'll probably end up at that 18-19 win mark. And I think 20 is, like, the comfortable cutoff. Like, if you get to 20 wins, you're probably like, okay, then it becomes like, okay, let's, let's like, dissect the resume. Let's jump into, like, quadrant one wins, quadrant two. Sure. I don't know if Texas Tech will get to 20 wins, which I think, like I said, is a pretty clear cutoff, in my mind at least, for tournament, NCAA tournament versus NIT. I think you see a lot of... You see some 18-19 win
2: teams in the tournament but they I, I
1: think those are also teams that like win their conference tournaments sure to, to win their automatic bids um and then the last question Peter puente also basketball related with Ramsey's current struggles against better competition and beard limiting his minutes last game is it time to ask for more shannon Shannon did play only 26 minutes do we have the best also do we have the best young player models for NBA and Zaire and Culver for young players?
2: <clears throat> I would be all for him asking more from Shannon because Shannon seems ready. He seems ready to take it on, and he's uh, he's a clutch free throw shooter. He he can create off the dribble. Uh, if if he works a little bit more on his his mid range jumper or his three, then he'll really be a tough player to guard. Because like Spencer mentioned, you know you know really you just. You back off from him and and hope he doesn't drive on you that's that's kind of what you do right now but he still has a chance to to change that and I think giving him some more minutes is going to help him figure that out Um, I'd be all for more Shannon Uh, I think he's he might be a little bit guarded with him lately just because he's coming off an injury but maybe we'll see a lot more of him uh, over the next few weeks and I'm hoping Ramsey kind of pops out of his slump and and you know unfortunately Moretti kind of goes in and out of him he still he still had a lot of points last game but just 1 for 5 from 3 that's not going to that's not going to get you we need we need some more production on that from him uh the best let's see the let's see the best player let's see what are you what are you asking here peter
1: i don't i don't know if it He's saying we have like the best model for young players. Okay, that's young, probably right. Young players going into the NBA.
2: Yeah, it, you know I'm not sure if I'd use Zaire as an example as much. I I, I still kind of think he went in a year too soon. But um, it's
1: also hard to say like as a one and done player that's never been done at Texas Tech. Like maybe you shouldn't do it. Like no, you sure. you, you do that now. You set that precedent. Like Texas Tech had a one and done player that was. Purely from a development standpoint, he didn't come into Texas Tech as a five-star McDonald's All-American. He came as a fairly moderately lightly recruited three-star guy. Yeah, Developed into this first-round NBA draft pick.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and that that really is something. That's something to see. Uh, I do believe he's on the Sixers roster tonight. I think LeBar mm-hmm. mentioned that he's that, playing tonight. That he's actually playing. He's he's not a. Um, he got called up to the bigs for this game. The big leagues, but. <clears throat> I, I almost think that Culver is a little bit more of a of, of a better model, um, selfishly because he, he was here two years. But and he's he, also he's also
1: been playing a whole lot more and just, like taking on like a, a big time role for them.
2: Yeah, and, and really, I mean, he's not on the the G League or anything like that. Um,
1: Zaire Smith played ten minutes tonight. That's great. Three points,
2: and he but. still he still may find a better role at another team. That's, I've kind of read some people that have some takes on that that think that the Sixers just really aren't going to use them, and so they should get rid of them and give them to a team that will. Also, um,
1: that, sorry, I, I may Go for it. You. No, you're fine. Zaire Smith and I have the same birthday. Well, how about that? Ten years apart. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be 21 this year. That
2: beard, just, still that beard not enough, just got a little grayer.
1: Still not enough to drink, <laughs> and he's making millions. Gosh dang it. All right, so that, that'll do it for the questions. Um, you know, I did not have the next segment pulled up, ready to go, and I'm so sorry, everybody. But here we... What did we learn? What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. What did we learn, Michael? I finally watched
2: Spider-Man Homecoming.
1: Is that the one where they're like out of the country? No, that's far from home. Right? It's, it's difficult because it? cause both have home in it. They so do both know. have home. It's it's the first one.
2: It's the one where he's he's um, he's not an Avenger yet, and he's trying to convince Stark that he's ready to be an Avenger. Now, I did not watch this movie the best way. I recorded it on DVR, so there were still some commercials I had to fast-forward through, and I watched it over a course of three weeks three sittings because I have a it's three not year that, Not
1: that long of a movie. No, it's not, it but it is three. with
2: it is with commercials. It's three hours with commercials. Cause then you've got to fast forward through them and you're like, oh crap, I went too far and then you Anyway. I the, the thing that interested me the most about this was something I'd kind of thought of in the back of my mind is all these people that have to clean up this debris <laughs> from all these Avengers fights and all this stuff and the people left with it's the job aftermath. Security, yeah, I was like, gosh, this is just this is brutal, but that was the whole plot point of this movie was this contractor who came in to clean up all this debris. Uh, they all of a sudden told him he couldn't do it anymore even though they'd sign a contract with the government and that actually it wasn't the government, but Stark's company was going to start cleaning it up. And he made the point of, oh, so they make the mess and then they get paid to clean it up. That's that's fantastic. But anyway, I, I just kind of got... Yeah, because I remember seeing all the previews and seeing Michael Keaton fly around in that... Falcon thing or what I don't even know what his character's name was but seeing him flying around in that in the previews and I thought what what is his mo- what is this guy Who, who is this guy but they kind of made it a believable
1: he's a blue collar worker yeah man.
2: he's he, they made it relatable and you're like oh yeah he is kind of getting the shaft and you almost kind of root for him just a hair and then you realize no he's about to kill a 14 year old kid in cold blood so maybe I'll I shouldn't try. root for this kid <laughs> anyway you know, that was that was fun I that was I hadn't seen that one yet, so I'm still filling in some blanks. I know you've you've talked a lot about your Marvel rewatch, but... My, my I, first watch. Yeah, your first watch. I'm still filling in a lot of blanks here and there, and that was one that I hadn't seen, so uh, I'm, I'm catching up.
1: So it's not in, in the list, but I'm going to go ahead and say um, something I learned. Like I'm still recovering from being sick. I, I just noticed how much my voice has changed since we even started recording. Granted, we... I don't do a whole lot of talking throughout the day. So this is as much basically as much talking as I'll I'll do for a day or a few days um, in the hour and a half or whatever it is. It'll be tonight. I had the flu diagnosed on the the flu three weeks ago.
2: You're a trooper, man,
1: but I'd started, I, I got the flu on basically new year's four weeks ago and I still have lingering effects on my, my throat and voice, and I don't know if this will ever change. This may be my new voice. So it's it's nice. It's 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 uh, satiny. It, it's a little a little smoother. Um, I I was I was, I was talking to some people, uh, during our our Sunday school course. You know, I was like, I I was leading the discussion. I was the teacher, but I I don't. This not like content where like I'm teaching. I was leading the discussion essentially. I was like, okay, first, my voice is still not 100% from being sick a few weeks ago. That first, second, I went to the basketball game last night, so it's definitely not back at 100%. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, what what I learned, it's not really what I I just want to give an update. As part of our big camera equipment order, which we do probably at the end of every year when we have a little bit of a budget left over to... To update or replace broken equipment that we use over the year at work, <clears throat> we ordered a drone, a legit DJI Mavic Zoom drone. That's exciting. Problem is, we placed the order in middle-ish of October. We got everything in um, except for the drone because it was on back order. I was like, oh, of course. The one thing I was like really looking forward to um. And then I was talking to the, my guys over at the dock receiving, said, Hey, did you receive all your orders? Like, actually there was one thing on back order. Please be looking out for it. And like two days later, he's like, Hey, we just received a box from the the place we ordered from. I was like, sweet. It's here. That was on Friday. Still has not been delivered to my office.
2: Oh man.
1: So like, it's somewhere in the building. It's in the building. Like I'm going to just walk down there and get it from you. You should totally do that. But here's the thing. I'm in these all day meetings. I was in today, and I have the same thing tomorrow. Nine fifty-five this morning, he said, "Hey, my guy should be on his way up to your office now." I said, "Great, I'm gonna stop by him the way out this afternoon. Go pick up the drone, go home, make sure it's charged. Not not a good day to fly it. The weather today sucked. (laughs) Yeah, it Um, was brutal. Had we gotten the drone on Monday when it was like seventy and calm, would have been perfect. Um, But yeah, I'm so close to flying a drone
2: now. Have you looked up, yeah, now that, <clears throat> excuse me, since you know what model you're getting and everything, have you looked up directions, videos, anything? So I did a or whole lot Are you just going to get out there and wing it?
1: I did a whole lot of research into figuring out which model I wanted since they make a ton of drones. Yeah. So I have a very base knowledge, but no, I have really no idea. I'm going to get it and I'm going to be like, all right. I, when we place the order, I got extra propellers, propeller guards, a bunch of extra batteries. Like, I know I'm going to mess something up. But I got as much extras to go around it as possible. Um I do think I'll need to do the like the official, like take the test from the FAA, get my certificate basically as an unmanned aircraft operator. Basically, what they what a lot of people would <coughs> consider like a, a drone pilot's license because I'm doing it for work. Right, right. If you're doing it for commercial reasons
2: I think you do have to jump through a few hoops but they've made it a lot easier because used to you almost had to have a pilot's license when they first started yeah granting that um but they've they caught up with the times pretty quick
1: yeah so it, it it's a lot less uh intense of a of a test I did look at the at the sample test today and there was a lot a lot of stuff on there was like all right I'm going to have to learn how to read you know aerospace charts and maps <laughs> figure that out real quickly. Um, I don't know how much it applies to drones. The Like the bullet point list of things you should know before you take a test is like all pretty much common sense. you know There, there are some rules and regulations like you can't fly more than 400 feet above the ground unless you're within 400 feet of a tall structure. Okay, okay. Um, you have to be aware of what airspace you're in. Basically anything in, in a city limit, you have to... Well, I imagine around the hospital, you've got to be pretty conscious. Well, it, it it's the same. care flight and stuff like that coming through. It, it, you have the same regulations out the entire city. But yes, we do have helicopter flight paths sure. in and around campus. Um, really, it's all not that much different from flying around the airport or really anywhere anywhere else in the rest of the city. Airport is super restricted. It's like, I'm not going to fly a drone <laughs> in the airport.
2: You're not going to head just north on I-27, head out to Regis Street just
1: because. <laughs> and just like. You know, this seems Put like them, a good spot. <laughs> go film some plane, sure planes. Sure, it's flat out
2: here. I think I'll just hop, um, fly it over that
1: fence. and Obviously, you have to give right away to other aircraft. Like, Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, like like you can't fly over people that are not involved in operating it. So like you can't fly over somebody that has no control mm-hmm. or is not participating in it. You have to fly it only within your visual line of sight, which cannot be aided other than corrective lenses that you normally wear. So, like very like, you can't just fly it off and just like use the camera to direct, you have to be able to see the thing fairly straightforward. Um, but that test is a lot more in depth than those bullet points. It's like, man, I don't know where to draw the line. Like, do I just kind of, I mean, you don't have to get a hundred on the test. Like, am right? I a hobbyist? Like, I'm not, I'm not selling the, the the footage. Is it a part of my work? Yes, but it's not my line of work. So it's, it's like a gray That's, area. I probably okay. should have it. I probably sh- should just go ahead and do it.
2: Yeah, I think you should too. But I could I could see the argument for the gray area because it's...
1: like you're, I'm, you're, I'm not a video production company that will yeah. then sell the
2: footage. You don't have clients. You're, you have an employer. And your employer is your client. You'll be using but that to make on the stuff f- for them. On right? the flip side,
1: my brother-in-law said he's an insurance agent adjuster or whatever. Their company has to have there are people licensed to, to fly over homes and properties. It's like, well, that's very similar kind of work that i would be doing. Like I'm using it for work on my job and they have to be licensed. I probably have to be licensed. Yeah. I would think
2: that's the smart thing to do because you are not using it just as a hobby. You know, someone could easily say they could see one of a promo video come from your employer and go, wow, how'd y'all film that? Well, we also film that. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, It'd be super easy to narrow that down
1: because there, there's, there's a production company in town that we use the reason, basically the reason why we got it is still have to, to, to farm this out to them. Cause we, sure. we have a lot of construction projects. No, ongoing. you just wanted to fly a drone. Well, that too. <laughs> my, my former boss basically said, Hey, on your order, you sh- you should get a drone. I was like, are you serious? He's like, well, the basically the VP of facilities basically told us to get one. I was like, don't tell me twice
2: I, if, if we weren't so busy with stuff that would be an interesting aspect because in my line of work too people use drones to inspect
1: construction
2: and to because actually get aerial survey data and you know to yeah. shoot lidar and to get imagery and all this kind of cool stuff
1: I'm, I'm, I imagine like unless you have to feel some of the things that have been that have been worked on like you can do UAV hundred percent more safe. Oh, yeah. By flying a drone up there and then trying to get a person up there. Sure. I mean, a
2: lot of a lot of inspection is visual, uh, basically. Uh, you know, just making sure connections are actually in place. But then if... Uh, Grounded properly. Sure, yeah. But if... <laughs> Which if, you wouldn't want to touch that anyways. If the line is actually energized, then you can use, you know, infrared technology and stuff and, and really see, oh, mm-hmm. wow, There. <laughs> We got a problem here. You know, you you can tell that line
1: is too hot. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's uh, that piece of equipment should not be uh, full of electrons. So you you can kind of look at it that way too and put different sensors on there. But it's not something I'm able to tackle at this point. But it's it's always been in the back of my mind since I've seen people start using it because there's there's services dedicated even in, in our field. I mean, just about every field you can think of, someone's got a drone doing something that well, is beneficial to that field of uh, engineering or construction
1: or whatever you're going to be in your boy is about to be probably a licensed faa uas vehicle operator
2: i'm excited maybe, maybe we could hire you maybe you could contract out to us oh, for since sure. you have that license good, to, good go. to go all
1: right that'll do it for us on the 23 personnel podcast